Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers, and this is Popcorn, a special edition where we tell you what's going on at the movies in a big way because it's the end of the year and it's time for me to do my 10 best list. You know, I don't need to tell you it was a hell of a year. If you wanted to go to the movies, you had to wear a mask and then you worried about going in the first place. And the few movie houses that were there had to close because they were worried. So what did we do? We isolated at home, streaming movies on TV monitors and laptops and smartphones. And so many of the big movies like ran away. They were so scared. They said, I'm not going to come out this year. So we didn't get James Bond. We didn't get Fast and the Furious or Top Gun or The Matrix and the remakes of Dune and West Side Story and Candyman, all for 2021, we hope if uh, Mr. COVID just stays out of our way. But that might seem that there was, we were left with nothing, but no way, no way, because I'm telling you, there were surprises this year. Okay, we depended on streaming. The good things really came in small packages. And if you want proof that I'm just not blowing hot air, just listen to this list of the top 10 movies of 2020 that I came up with. Number one, Number one to me is Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. For me, there was no 2020 movie that spoke with more urgency to our current racial divide than this game changer from Spike. And in this movie, he was telling the story of these four black veterans who had returned. They were all emotionally damaged and they returned to Vietnam where they had fought in the present day because they wanted to recover the body of their fallen brother in arms. And that fallen brother, was played by the late Chadwick Boseman. Delroy Lindo was the guy who headed up the group that was going there. And these two actors, to watch them tear up the screen together, even though Chadwick Boseman is basically playing a ghost in flashbacks, it's just so moving to watch them. And it's moving to feel Spike Lee's fury about how the heroism of black soldiers has been written out of history, not just in Vietnam, but the American Revolution to the Trump era. Astonishingly, The Five Bloods is the first major film that views Vietnam entirely through the eyes of black soldiers. So all praise to Spike for crafting a soul-stirring film for our time, and it's also one for the ages. Look at that. You know, Spike and I, we have our problems from time to time, but, you know, when he does good, we got to say, Spike, you did good. Number two is Nomadland. Now, Nomadland isn't yet everywhere where you can actually stream it, but if the five bloods is in your face, Nomadland sneaks up on you. It, it floors you. And the film tracks the, the wanderlust of Americans who travel around the country in vans, searching for jobs, snatches of human connection. There's millions of them out there. And Chloe Zhao, the Chinese-born director of this, I call it a work of art because it genuinely is, the Oscar for her, please, she'd only be the second woman in 94 years to win an Oscar following Catherine Bigelow for the locker. Boy, does she deserve it. And she's teamed up with, I think, a never better Francis McDormand and a cast of real life nomads. These guys are amateurs and they break your heart. And they talk about what fires up the human urge that we all have to get out there and roam. To me, that's just a new American classic. Number three is a tough one because in this year, do we know the difference between movies and television? I mean, do we? We're watching everything in the same place. You know, we're really not going out and seeing things. And so I'm technically saying that Lovers Rock 
is my number three as best picture because the director, Steve McQueen, remember him? He won an Oscar for uh, 12 Years a Slave. He gives us the dance party that we needed in a lockdown year. And how does he do it? He, by immersing us in a 1980 London house rave where black party goers who were denied access to white clubs cut loose to reggae beats that you won't be able to resist. Come on, people. If you just want to lay back with a movie and just let the music take you, this is the one to do it. Lover's Rock, however, is part of Small Acts. It's uh, McQueen's anthology of five original films that all tell personal stories from London's West Indian community where McQueen grew up. Is Small Acts more a TV series than a movie? Maybe. I don't care what you call it. I call it unmissable and unforgettable. So just... Watch it. Watch all five of them. Amazing work here. Number four, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. I mean, you can't beat writer-director Aaron Sorgan for stirring things up. The guy loves it. Remember the social network? And he's at his incendiary best here. What does he do? He recreates the 1969 trial in which eight radicals were accused of conspiring to cause riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. No one burns with moral outrage about squashing free speech than Sorkin. And the actors, oh my goodness, they're so great, especially Sasha Baron Cohen as Zabby Hoffman and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Bobby Seale. And Frank Langella is the demented judge from hell. Frank Langella should be up for Best Supporting Actor. He is just so good in this movie. You hate him. You want to go, get away from me. Number five is First Cow. Having just won the best movie prize from those tough to please New York film critics, I should know I'm a member of that group. And boy, are we grouchy. We just don't like anything. And we picked that as best picture. And you can see it's not my number one, but what a great movie. It deserves your attention. And it reps a new career peak for the writer-director Kelly Reichardt, who did Meek's Cut-Off and Old Jaw. And this one is set in Oregon during the 1820s gold rush. And we start to watch the friendship between a cook that John McGarrow plays and a runaway Chinese immigrant played by Orion Lee. They steal milk from a rich neighbor's cow and they make a killing in baked goods. But what is really Kelly Reichardt doing? She's in her minimalist way. She's taking on the toxic roots of capitalism and the healing effects of friendship. Profound, you bet. And it's just deeply moving. Number six is Mank. Movie addicts. I'm one. If you're listening to me now, you're probably one too. And we're going to swoon, if you haven't seen it yet, over David Fincher's little speculation. You know, his late father, Jack, actually wrote the script. And years later, he's done his dad this favor by actually making this movie about the making of 1941 Citizen Kane, which everybody still thinks is the greatest movie ever made. Did the credit belong, the movie says, to the young director, Orson Welles? Or is it the booze hound screenwriter, Herman J. Mankiewicz? And with Gary Oldman playing Mank, you know, he's the life of the party. He's great. And surprise, surprise, Amanda Seyfried, who plays the starlet Marion Davis, she is, Marion Davies was really underrated, but what Amanda Seyfried does is prove that she's always been a really good actress. It's not just Mamma Mia. So you're going to love to watch this. It's a love letter to old Hollywood and also a takedown of studio politics that makes it impossible for Hollywood ever to tell the real truth. All right. Number seven, 
Never, rarely, sometimes, always. There were bigger, showier movies this year, but none took a more direct path to right here, to me anyway, uh, than Eliza Hittman's little quiet stunner about a Pennsylvania teen, a brilliant Sidney Flanagan, who just won New York Film Critics Award as Best Actress, playing a 17-year-old teenager who goes with her cousin to Manhattan looking for an abortion. And with only that cousin to lean on, she faces the most harrowing obstacles where people ask you questions that can take your personal life that's coming apart and say, did you do things never, rarely, sometimes, always. Hitman is the third woman director to make my best list this year, along with Chloe Zhao and Kelly Reichardt. These women have something to say, and they say it so beautifully. Number eight, Minari. Look, you won't find a better movie about what it means to be a family anywhere than this one. Don't worry about it. You don't know what Minari means. It won big, big, huge prizes at Sundance this year, and you can see why. The writer-director Lee Isaac Chung used his own childhood to create a film about his Korean parents and their push to create a better life in rural Arkansas in the 1980s. Stephen Yun of The Walking Dead leads an amazing cast in this small gem. Minari is a Korean plant with the strength to grow even in rough soil. And Chung turns that metaphor into something so funny, so touching, so vital. You have got to see it. Number nine, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay, August Wilson's great play about black musicians fighting racism in 1927 reveals its kind of stage origins. You can tell it's a play. <clears throat> but Viola Davis is this defiant mother of the blues and the late Chadwick Boseman as her mutinous cornet man give electrifying performances that'll soon be the stuff of legend. I can see them going to that Academy stage if there is an Academy stage for us to have them go on. And if I could dedicate this year to just one creative artist, it would be Chadwick Boseman. You know, gone too soon from cancer at 43, the Black Panther star shockingly never won an Oscar. Uh, the buzz is he'll be nominated for his supporting role in The Five Bloods and his lead role in Ma Rainey. And I say, let him win both. In art and life, Chadwick Boseman defined the word inspiring. And because he's done our show so many times, too, and we got to know him, he also defines the word class. All right. Number 10. What is it? This is controversial because I know some people just don't understand this movie at all, but I'm going with it. I'm picking Tenet. It's Christopher Nolan's visual knockout. It starred John David Washington. It was the only epic movie that I saw in a theater on a jumbo screen in this COVID-cursed year of 2020. Even when I didn't know whether the plot was coming or going, actually it does both. It's that way. It just confuses time. Tenet swept me away on its kind of delirious, delicious ride that we go to the movies for. It was thrilling. I missed that in theater adrenaline rush, you know, that you get with this kind of fun escapism. I'm betting you do too. So here's to 2021 and the hope that, come on vaccines, you gotta help us, that we can all soon meet again in the dark to safely share the magic of movies on the biggest screen possible. And here's my New Year's promise to you all out there. I'll bring the popcorn. Thanks.